thanks for listening to the Psalm 704 podcast today. This is uh, Pastor Ryan Hodgins, your host. We're super excited that you can join us as we grow together discussing current issues from a biblical perspective. Remember, Psalm 70 verse 4 says, Let those who hunt for you sing and celebrate. Let all who love your saving way say over and over, God is mighty. I hope you enjoy today's episode as you listen in. We are excited about the topic today. We are talking about sexual addiction. A lot of people don't want to address this topic because it's scary to talk about. You know, it's one of those shamed sins, which is interesting because all sins really should be shamed. But we also need to talk about them because without openness, we won't be able to help people or figure out even how to help ourselves. So we shouldn't be hiding about these things. We should be talking about them. And I'm excited to talk today. We've got Nicole and Maria in here. Hi, my name's Nicole, originally from Peru and raised in Charlotte. Hi guys, I'm Maria. I was born in Ukraine and I moved to Charlotte in 99. Awesome. Today we're talking about sexual addiction, but I kind of want to start off by addressing addiction as a whole. One of the definitions I found just on Google, it's my favorite place to find definitions because it's easy. Um, I don't bring up books anymore. Nobody does. We look at Google. So Google says, the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. So Google is defining addiction as it's it's a condition that, in other words, we are controlled by, essentially. That's really a way that you could define almost anything related to sin. We sin because that sin controls us. If it wasn't controlling us, we wouldn't do it, right? Sure, the Bible actually says we have a bent towards sin. We are, we're drawn into sin, which, you know, sucks. It's terrible. But the reality is, is that we are, and so we need to address this kind of stuff. And one of the things that's huge and, and common in our society is pornography and sex addiction because it's way more available than it used to be. Our society is more open to dealing or to... I shouldn't say dealing with sex, but having sex Um, or, you know, porn addiction. It's everywhere. It's one of the most money-making industries online because so many people are addicted to it. And one of the problems is, is that you can't get help from your addiction if you just keep hiding that you have it. So, you know, we need to be open and talk about these things so that we can deal with them as well. A sexual addiction, of course, is is controlling because, you know, first of all, it's something that God created and it's good. But just like anything, you know, God created all kinds of wonderful and awesome things, but sin makes them bad. You know, I I don't know what the good is of a mosquito, but God created it once and had a purpose. <laughs> but now I just want to smack it and crush it because it's obviously a sinful being, right? But the reality... <laughs> it came after Eden. Maybe Satan invented that, but Satan clearly did not invent sex. He just corrupted it. And so the reality is, is that there is a pure form of this. And uh, we often get trapped in a lie from Satan that sex will satisfy us and bring us joy. And so sometimes it controls our lives and ruins our lives. What do you want to share with others about this topic? That, I mean, we like to sin. Sin brings us pleasure, and that pleasure is very false. And so I think for a lot of Christians who this is such a taboo topic, we can be gossiping and other stuff, but, you know, the moment we talk about sex, it's like, ooh. <laughs> because there's, I think there's such a um, shaming culture around it, not just in the church, but just as the culture period is, you know, men get praised to have sex, you know, but then when a 
when they find out a woman's having sex, oh, she's uh, um, this and that. And and there's a lot of shame with that. And so uh, to me, I know I can resonate with that. I've been sexually active since I was young and I have struggled with sexual addiction because it gave me that false intimacy, that false worth, that false pleasure that when I became a Christian, I discovered only God could satisfy that. And, you know, it doesn't mean that I still haven't struggled and and been tempted um, because I think uh, sex has been such an addiction since I was a young age that it was like my crutch. So now I'm having to unlearn a behavior that I've known my whole life. And so I realized the more I spend time with God and in prayer and actually know him, not just like, oh, spend like five minutes with him when I actually am being intentional about my relationship with God, I can tell that sex isn't on my mind as much. The desire to have sex isn't on my uh, mind as much, but it doesn't mean it, it still comes and goes. But for me, I realize that sex just leaves me empty. You know, coming into the church, I was still struggling with having sex and it's, it, it just leaves you empty and it just doesn't satisfy like God does. So, I mean, that's one thing I can share. Yeah, like Nicole just said, like sex is put on a pedestal, you know, of sins. And a lot of people are really ashamed about it and they're hesitant to talk about it or even ask for help because they're just like, you know, sex is like on this pedestal and they're just afraid. They're afraid that they're going to be judged, you know, afraid that they're going to be kind of cast out in a way or looked at differently. And it's just so sad. And we should be asking, you know, God to help us with this. But sometimes we, you know, sometimes you really just need somebody to talk to, somebody that can encourage you and help you. When I was a teenager, I was at a prayer conference and I shared with a lady something I was struggling with. And it's not something I would I like dare tell anybody, you know, except for God. And, you know, and to just have somebody like look at you with eyes that weren't um, judgmental and just was, you know, and she just said, like, let me just pray with you. And that was just so helpful to me to like, you know, get that burden off my chest and have someone like pray for you and like support you. And, you know, and even people like your own age, this lady was, you know, much older than me. And I was kind of like worried at first, but I'm glad I did. But as young adults and like with our friends, like, you know, I feel like it is something that we should talk about because something that you're struggling with, maybe they're struggling with the same thing and they've been afraid to talk about it Mm. because they think they're the only one. And through that, you know, you can kind of like almost support each other. You can pray for each other. You can send each other like text reminders like, hey, I'm thinking about you today and I'm praying for you. And you can just have somebody that you trust, you know, that's going through the same thing you are and that understands you and can encourage you in your walk to get better. One of the huge problems that we have in dealing with this from our own standpoint, because it's shameful in society, just air quoted and nobody could see that because this is a podcast, right? But <laughs> when, when we, uh, yeah, when we deal, when we're looking at this and it's shameful, it's hard because we do it behind closed doors and we keep stuff to ourselves and we don't want other people to know, uh, especially in Christian circles. You know, some people, you know, outside of the Christian circles might not care, but as a Christian, oh man, if that person's having sex, they're just a terrible person. When, yeah, like gossip is, you know, super open and people just talk and talk and talk when really we should be as upset or or more upset about that because it destroys lives. But sex, our culture, the way that we look at it is shamed it. And the funny thing is, is how Satan perverts what God has made good. God has made everything good. And yet we have, through our sinful nature, we have perverted these things. And that's the funny thing is that, you know, 
sex in marriage can be an amazing thing and such a beautiful thing. But outside of marriage, it becomes a crutch to us and it holds us back from what God wants for us. And so I think that what we need to realize is that although it can be sinful, it also can be beautiful in the right context. One of the things that is a big issue here is is this matter of addiction as, as a whole. We talked about how addiction is controlling us. Addiction, we become slaves to it. And the reality is, is that whatever our addiction is, whether it's sexual addiction or, or, some, or anything else, smoking, drinking, those things, they control us. And if anything is controlling us other than God, we're heading in a, in a bad direction. And when when we're addicted to pornography or or sex or whatever it is, rage, gluttony, anything, you know, sex inside of marriage in the way that God intended it to be is not a problem at all. It's a great thing. But when we let those desires control us or or come from an unhealthy point or even give us unhealthy standards like, you know, because of pornography and stuff, a lot of people, they take their addiction and they apply it to real life. And so they, they, what they see online, they think should happen in their marriage. And that's just not the way that God made sex. And so they get these unreal weird standards and it messes up their marital intimacy as well. And the devil has just really attacked something beautiful that God gave. I was going to say to, to the point of slavery, it, it really it does feel like like any sin is a slave and you know and it's not like you want to do it you know it's like your flesh you have that desire like once you taste something good you've never tasted ice cream before and you have it for the first time you're like oh my gosh this is amazing sinful you know sinful. and that's almost like for me when i had sex i was like okay well you know it it became so good but then I really honestly didn't know I was addicted to sex until I really started becoming a Christian and realized that I did not know how to have a relationship with um, a male without being sexually active. Mm. And I saw that it was actually destroying the way I viewed the man. I didn't have respect for him. I didn't have respect for myself. I, I found myself constantly wanting it, not knowing boundaries. And and it was just like, wow, God, th- this is something in my life that I actually have been... Uh, addicted to and I really need your help and that is 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 actually God who showed me that and he has helped me he helped me get out of that relationship and said you know Nicole we need time to spend together and I'm gonna teach you what love is you know and I think that it's something that I'll, I'll just be honest with you it's it's like the Paul thing you know that that I will to do I don't do and that that I don't want to do I I keep doing and so I know how if there's Christian viewers or, you know, people listening that you're still struggling sexually, you know, it's OK. Like it's you can get through it because with God and you keep making him the God of your life, he will. The, you'll start like not desiring those things. And I and that's my personal walk. I mean, the more I become filled with God and that, like the less I really do think about sex. And he's actually helping me learn to have boundaries and learn to have healthy relationships with mm-hmm. the opposite sex. And I just, you know, I praise God for that. And and that's coming from someone who, who really has struggled with sexual addiction, that that can be something that you can give to God and he can help you through that. The beautiful thing is that even though right now it may not seem like there's hope for someone out there, 
there is hope. And, you know, I remember being stuck in that, too, with my addiction to porn earlier in life. And like I said, praise God that I don't struggle with that anymore. I literally don't even remember the last time I was even tempted to look at porn. But I do remember clearly looking at porn and thinking, when is this ever going to go away? Or or later feeling so shamed and being like, God, I'm asking you to help me with this, but I'm not getting the victory. Why? And I remember times being so broken and going, how, how am I ever going to break this thing? How am I ever going to get past this? And then one day as my relationship with Christ grew, he took it away. Like, and like I said, I don't even remember the last time, which is awesome. Like, cause I remember at one point I never thought I was going to get victory over and I was just so buried in it. But now I look back and I don't remember the last time. And so there is victory there. You know, you could be stuck and desperate and it's such a hard place, but God has a promise that he will deliver us from sin. And he does if we keep chasing after him. We're going to take a little break here for Psalm 704 podcast. Thanks for listening. Come back after the break. I'm Pastor Ryan Hodgins with Psalm 704. I find it interesting that we are social beings. We need connection. As young adults, we are active in social media, yet our lives are becoming increasingly less social. In the 1920s, only 20% of the world's population was urbanized. Now it's over 80%. Yet in the 1920s, your great-grandparents knew everyone that lived around them. You barely know your neighbors. You're just acquaintances with your work colleagues, and most of your social media contacts are distant. You and I were made for more. Our hearts long for connection. Get connected today. Check us out at psalm704.com and on Instagram at psalms underscore 704. And join us monthly as we build community and life together founded in the heart of God. Hey, this is Pastor Ryan back with Psalm 704 Ministries and our podcast. Uh, We're having an interesting topic. We are talking about sexual addiction. A lot of people don't want to address this topic because it's scary to talk about. You know, it's one of those shamed sins, which is interesting because all sins really should be shamed. Um, I'm just going to read a quote um, from uh, an author that I really like a lot. And it's kind of a long quote, so you're not allowed to turn off the podcast. Uh, So bear with me. Um, But I read this and... I just loved it so much, and it really opened up my eyes. It says, There are those that have known the pardoning love of Christ and who really desire to be children of God, yet they realize that their character is imperfect, their life is faulty, and they are ready to doubt whether their hearts have been renewed by the Holy Spirit. To such, I would say, do not draw back in despair. We shall often have to bow down and weep at the feet of Jesus because of our shortcomings and mistakes, but we are not to be discouraged. Even if we are overcome by the enemy, we are not cast off, nor forsaken and rejected of God. No, Christ is at the right hand of God, and he also makes intercession for us. And I know some people, they just get caught in this web of sin where they keep doing it, and they just, you know, feel too ashamed to even come to God um, because they're struggling with it. And they're like, God's mad at me. He's not, you know, how could he possibly forgive me? How can he still love me? And you kind of just, I guess, in a way, run away from God because you're like, well, I've already made so many mistakes, you know, and I keep making the same mistake over and over again, so he can't possibly accept me or... I guess, be proud of me or anything like that. So you just kind of like run away from God in a way. Growing up as a Christian, people tell you about this, you know, unpardonable sin. And then I've had this conversation with friends and a lot of people 
think they made the same like sin over and over again and they think like oh well you know i'm lost now like it's the unpardonable sin because i keep sinning maybe <laughs> maybe we need to have a podcast on the unpardonable yes, sin that'd be great yeah but, but you know but the thing is like god he's on your side and what people don't realize is like he's on your team and he wants to help you and he wants to be with you he wants you to be with him um, and he's there and he's, you know, looking to help you. And the fact that, you know, you think about these things, it means that, you know, the Holy Spirit is pushing you towards him. Send me that quote and I'll put it in the show notes of this issue so that people can read that for themselves. Great quote. Thank you for sharing that, Maria. Beautiful. And the Bible over and over again, there are texts about getting victory over stuff. Nicole, you were saying that Paul said, I do the thing I don't want to do and I do it and I, but I do it anyways, and and that's kind of what it feels like when we're buried in sin. We we don't want to do it anymore. You get to this place where you just straight up don't want to do it. But when we're so buried in it, there's like this dark cloud over us that's just keeping us from God, and we're just like, where is the hope? Where is the victory? But the thing is, is what happens when we're down is we've got to get back up. And I remember a mutual friend of ours, uh, David Asherick, he was preaching a sermon one time, and he was talking about what it means to fall. And somebody like, it doesn't seem like people outside of the church are, are, are doing this or following. But the reality is, is that you can't fall if you weren't up, right? If you aren't standing up, you can't fall down. So the reality is, is that when we're standing up with Christ, of course, there is the ability to fall. But when you're already down, you can't fall because you're already down. So you, what you got to do is when you, when you've done something that's shameful or wrong or that you don't want to do, you got to keep getting back up because then at least you're up. And you're connecting with God again, you know, and there's always this tendency when we're doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing to feel shameful so that we can't go to God. And I think that's really the plan of the devil. He wants to shame us so we feel like we can't approach God, like, oh, I'm not worthy to pray or I'm not worthy to read my Bible. And I've felt like that at times. And so I think, you know, the, the, the big thing is when you do feel low and you do feel broken and you feel dirty, like you shouldn't even be picking up the Bible or whatever, just go to God. Go to God, even though you don't want to, because that's when you need to. That's when it's the best, because in those moments of weakness and pain and suffering and loneliness and shame, there is a God who does want to spend time with you, even though you feel like he doesn't or you're not worthy enough. He stepped in so that he can be in your place and make you worthy. And it, it just always reminds me, and this is why I can I resonate so much with the women in the Bible, especially like you know, the woman at the well, you know, who obviously had five guys she was, you know, uh, intimate with. and But also Mary Magdalene, and you think about when Jesus defended her in front of people, he knew what she was doing. God is, he's aware of everything, you know. And the thing is, it, that just showed, when I first read that story, it just showed me the heart of Christ, that he was still defending her and had her back. And so... I think that meant a lot for me because I've been put in certain situations and and I just think it just shows you like like Maria said, God is there. And there's been times after I have had sex outside of marriage and right away I just broke down in tears and, and absolutely saying, God, like, help me. Like, you know, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, I don't want this, but the flesh is weak, you know, and um, and he's really... He's really helped me. And I think at the end of that verse that we were talking about, you know, that that I will to do, I don't do, you know, then it goes to say, and who can deliver me from this body of, you know, who can deliver me from this flesh? And then it talks about Jesus. I was actually just thinking about the same text, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? 
thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's it's so beautiful that there is a God out there who can break us from whatever it is. And, you know, I know you're a testimony of it. I'm sure, Maria, that you are a testimony of what God can can take away from us. And I know in my life, over and over again, I think of all the different sins that God has given me the victory over. And when you're buried in it, you, you don't see the light. I remember saying to my wife at one point, I said, we're this onion, right? And, you know, you, you peel back a layer of sin, and then there's another onion layer. I'm like, when does this stinking onion end? <laughs> you know, like, when do I get to the place of this onion? But you know what's beautiful is when you get to the end of the onion, it makes you cry. And that's, <laughs> that's really a beautiful thing because when you, get to, when you get through these layers of sin and you get victory and you realize the pain that you've gone through and the victory that God's given you, it always brings me to tears because I realize that it's God who peeled back the layer. It's God who broke me free, and it's God who's going to wipe away my tears and take me free from all this pain. And uh, there is an end layer of the onion somewhere. God will peel it all back and set us free. There is victory indeed because we are children of God, you could say. You know what the greatest feeling I've ever had was when I actually did have like a, a victorious moment over, over sex. And I really wanted to, you know, go that way. And I just remember like literally remembering all the the pain and emptiness and then I just ran to God and I ran to the Bible and I was just like okay what can like what can you show me God and and I just remember like feeling so filled with like the Holy Spirit and I just started crying and it was like one of those ugly cries you know where like snot's hanging from your nose and you're just like you're just like God I don't want this I don't I want you and I and I'm I'm telling you and I've had a, you know, I'm sorry for whoever's listening to this podcast, you know, don't judge me, but I have had a lot of sex in my life. And, and, um, that at that moment though, I'll be honest with you, I've never felt more peace, more comfort, more joy than I felt in the arms of God when I was running to him away from sex outside of marriage. I felt so whole and I, and I hang on to that feeling like when I am tempted and I remember how good it felt to not go have sex but instead run to God and just pour out your heart to him that helps me a lot and so I just want to say that to someone who might be listening and they have that urge or desire to want to do that it's so worth it to to just run to God immediately and um, stay there you know or try to well you know we've had this discussion here today I'm glad that we've been able to talk about this openly people that are listening thank you for sticking with us and listening I think this is a necessary conversation and one of the things that does help me and I know helps a lot of other young adults is that in Psalm, with our Psalm 704 ministry we have community and we're trying to build a stronger community all the time where we can uh, talk about real issues and deal with real things so I just want to encourage anyone check out our website at psalm704.com follow us on Instagram psalms underscore 704 Check us out. We've got things coming up all the time, different gatherings for young adults to get together. Um, we're excited about all the opportunities that are there. So check out our website to find out more. And thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey, so glad you could join us for this episode of the Psalm 704 podcast. Thanks for listening again. Remember, our family is stronger and better with you in it. You can check out the things that we're doing in the area of Charlotte at psalm704.com or follow us on Instagram, psalm underscore 704, or find us on Facebook.